Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. Jess Extra, the founder of Headbands of Hope. And we actually found you just by a search online for headbands and we came across Headbands of Hope and we ordered something. And then Perry was ill actually a few months ago and your company sent her three beautiful headbands and she was so happy to receive it. And then she just made a big purchase over Thanksgiving. You had a special and she purchased even more headbands because she loves headbands. You're quite evident in our, in our headband drawer. Uh, Good. I'm so glad. Well, you wear them well, Perry. They look really good. <laughs> Beautiful. If anybody's interested, soft, comfortable. Oh, good. So pretty, many colors. So Perry loves them. And then she started reading more about you and how you started uh, the, the company and um, fell in love with you and said, you know, we really have to interview her because I admire so many things about her. You, um, you, you do a podcast, which, you know, we, we love podcasts. <laughs> started this company when you were junior in college the idea came to you because of work that you were doing with kids and um you wanted to brighten up their day because i i believe from what i was reading it was in um in disneyland or disney world you were doing an internship and that's when you were taking pictures and you met children and you're like i have to do something and um and now and you're an author and uh, a speaker and you also empower other women to become the best that they can be. So I think that's uh, a sign of a true leader, not just being great yourself, but being, having the confidence to empower other people as well so that they succeed. So thank you're you. Thing that um, I know Perry wants to be. Oh, well, you, first of all, you guys did your homework, super impressed. I think that's better than I can recite my own bio, but I think one of the coolest parts of doing this is um, the ability to brush shoulders with really inspiring other people that I wouldn't have met otherwise, like Perry. So I'm very excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Awesome. So why don't you tell us how you started so everybody can find out the history of Headbands of Hope and how, how someone, a junior in college, came up with this idea and just went with it. So as you said, I was interning in Disney World. I was a photo pass photographer. Um, Perry, have you ever been to Disney World or Disneyland? Yeah. So those pictures that the people that want to take your picture all the time, that was my job. And uh, I, one of my favorite things that I got to do was I got to take pictures of kids that were there on their wish through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And um, when I got back to school, I interned for Make-A-Wish and was seeing a lot of kids who were losing their hair to chemotherapy and they'd be offered wigs or hats to cover up their heads. And um, they really wanted to wear headbands. But when I looked up, I really like, all I did was go on Google and I looked at, you know, is there anyone that's giving headbands to kids with illnesses and realized that no one had bridged this connection yet. And I think that that's, you know, a lot of people put a lot of fancy words around being an entrepreneur but I think at its core, it's really just about creating what you wish existed. So that moment that I realized that no one was fulfilling 
this need that I thought, you know, they deserved. I thought, why not me? I could try to figure this out. I say it was like one of the dumbest, smartest moments of my life was think that uh, I could do it. So I started Headbands of Hope in 2012. For every headband we sell, we donate one to a child with an illness. And we are slowly creeping on um, donating 1 million headbands. Wow, that's awesome. Um, It's funny, I was reading also that um, you knew you were an entrepreneur or your parents knew when you sold your siblings' toys. Ah, On eBay, yes. I did the same because my sister was studying. I didn't think she really cared about her toys. So I sold them Uh and my mother made me go to who I sold them to and buy them back. And I had- Oh my gosh. My parents didn't make me buy them back, but uh, my sister to this day is still a little annoyed with me (laughs) for doing that like 25 years later. Yeah. If you see something that's not working, you get rid of it, make money from it and, and use that money for something that's worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that principle a hundred percent. I think Perry has that spirit in her as well. I can tell. Well, she never did that because she's too honest, but I, I think she, you know, she has that way of thinking. Yeah. So what kind of capital did you have to start this company with? Um, and what mishaps did you have in the beginning mm-hmm. when you tried to do everything yourself before you were able to hire people to make the decisions for you that, that you had no bad? So as a college student, as you could imagine, um, limited personal budget was definitely uh, eating ramen noodles and um, borrowing my sister's Netflix password. And uh, so I didn't really have a lot of money to start this idea. So I tried to use different resources that the school had that I could try to tap into, whether that was working with a graphic design class and asking them to make me a logo or working with um, computer design students and asking them to teach me how to build a website. And uh, I, I paid those students in Chipotle burritos. That was like how I was getting started. Um, but then when I realized I was actually going to need some capital to make the headbands, uh, I was working with this manufacturer out of Kansas that I found again on Google and um I didn't have any context of what was like needed to start, you know, a first run of product. And so when they said that initial payment was going to be $10,000, I was like, that's a lot of money, but I also didn't have anything to compare it to. So I started to look at how can I get capital? Can I get a loan from the bank and pay some interest on it? Or could I, you know, try to give away equity and, um, you know, get money that way? And my dad is also an entrepreneur. And so when I was talking to him about these ideas, uh, he was like, I've seen your business plan. You know, I think this is a good idea. I don't want you to give away too much equity too early or be tied to a bank. So I would like to be your first investor and I'll front you the 10 grand to get this first run of headbands and let's put together a payment plan. And I was blown away, so excited. I mean, I couldn't believe that he believed so much in this idea that he'd be willing to put like skin in the game like that. Um, I went to the bank, wired them the money, and I never heard from them again. It was awful. And I felt like this was, 
you know, kind of like a sign that I wasn't qualified to do this. Um, but then that was really when this, this purpose rooted belief that what I was doing was good and that, um, business might not always be easy, but it should be worth it. And this was, this was worth it to me. And so I got a $300 grant, um, from my school that they were giving away to students starting companies. And I, uh, bought two different headbands from the supplier that I found on Etsy and, uh, put those two headbands on my website, April 25th, 2012. And um, now we have almost 200 headbands on our website. And I never took outside money again after that. So I think that story and starting off like that taught me a few things. One, definitely get 30% deposits, don't pay in full. And two, that really, you know, failures aren't reflections of your worth. They're just reflections of growth we can think a lot of times that when we mess up, it's, it's on us and who we are as people, but it's actually just a super normal part of the process. So like, I know when we're trying to get viewers or we're trying to get people to find out about us, and sometimes it could be discouraging because you think um, some of you post something, you get 10 hits and then another post will get like a thousand or 1500 and there's no rhyme or reason to totally welcome to the club. Yeah it could sort of get you down a little bit. So what would you say to Perry, um, who is tenacious, but sometimes she's like, okay, you know, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we make this better? And we're always trying to keep upbeat about it. But what do you say to somebody who's starting out, who gets down a little bit, just keep going or ask for help or everything? What do you... Well, there's a lot of different strategies you can use, but I think the most important one is your mindset around when things don't go as planned or when you mess up. The biggest thing that I can tell you that I try to tell myself is that every time something doesn't go as planned, it's research because you just learned something new that you wouldn't have before. So that mistake that um, I made with the manufacturer that was great research to know how I do contracts today. Now we have contracts that are, you know, seven figure contracts that would be a heck of a lot more loss if I wasn't doing my, you know, due diligence because I learned that on a $10,000 contract. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, we buy a headband at headbands of hope, that's purple and it doesn't sell. We're like, great. Now we have this information that people don't like purple as much as they like pink. And so every time that we mess up or a post doesn't do as well, or a product doesn't sell as well, it's all research that gets us better on that next shot. Um, And then just understanding that we can't always control everything. We can't control the Instagram algorithm. Like we can't always base our success um, in comparison or in relation to someone else we have to focus on how it feels and not how it looks. And how many employees do you have with your company right now? We have seven. Yeah. And you are also an author. Mm-hmm. What was your major in college? Was it business? No, I was a communications major, um, minor in Spanish. Don't test me on the Spanish part. But um, I, yeah, and, and you, I think that studying business is great, but I also think that, no matter what you studied, um, you can be an entrepreneur and just kind of be creative in your own in your own space. 
So how did you start writing books? You had ideas that you said, okay, this is it. I have to get this out. I mean, they're, they're solid books. You got a couple of them uh, published already. Yeah. I was, I always loved writing as a kid. Um, my claim to fame was when I was 12 years old, I was published in Chicken Soup for the Soul, which was like basically being on, you know, 60 minutes today. I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, I've, I've made it. Um, and so I always loved writing and then um, didn't quite know how that was going to play into my life and my career. And uh, then it wasn't until I started Headbands of Hope that I realized, um, you know, I have this mission of giving headbands to kids with illnesses. But another part of that mission could also be teaching people to do the same thing, like follow that fire figure out what they care about and how to do it. And so books, speaking, all of that kind of came into play of like, Hey, I could use I could use the story of headbands of hope and how I started it to help other people achieve that same kind of um, personal mission. And have you, you also have some very good PR. You've been on a couple of uh, TV shows and I think it was the morning show. I mean, you're just people are, are getting to know your company and what you do and what you stand for and people love it. It's coming at such a great time also. I mean, it's been ongoing for eight years, but now we need companies like yours who are inspiring because um, people look for that and they need that. So, you know, it's very admirable um, what you do and, and how you help. And I also love the fact that you, you include all all of the children who have illnesses, not just kids who have cancer, but kids who have life-threatening illnesses like Terry, who sometimes get put on the wayside, you know, for a right. you know, people know more about and can relate to. And I'm so glad that you said that because, um, you know, how we started was giving to kids with cancer because that was just what was in direct uh, that I saw through my internship. And then once we started going into the hospitals and um, meeting with kids, we realized that this accessory isn't just about a boost after hair loss from a chemotherapy treatment. It's really just this symbol of confidence, no matter what you're going through. And uh, there was just so much strength that we saw in the hospitals or the camps that we would go to over the summer, the different organizations that this headband was just a really fun way to um, feel good about yourself no matter what you're going through. And so last year we expanded our mission to ki kids with illnesses, which is why I'm so glad we're able to work with people like Perry and, um, you know, be able to spread, spread it even further. So um, let's say you have a college kid who's watching this right now and they want to do an internship with you. Do you have that kind of thing where they can do an internship with you out and gain experience? Yeah, so we have a headband hero program um, that you can look at on our website, and uh, you can um, you can sell headbands, you can help coordinate donations, spread the word, uh, and so that's more of like an ambassador program. And then after you do that, uh, if you want to take it a step further, um, you can apply for our internship program. But we like for people to try to be an ambassador first, just to get their feet wet with the company, and then uh, reach out about internships. We're always always looking for talent for sure. It's, it's funny because sometimes when you're running a business, you can get really caught up in a lot of the logistics of it, you know, whether it's payroll for your employees or whatever it might be that um, you forget to sit, take a step back and look at what you've done. Uh, and so that what you just said, and kind of gave me a moment to be like, yeah, this is really great. So 
I appreciate you noticing that. It's and I can't wait to see what, what more you create. You've already done so much. And I know that this is just the beginning for you. A little scary if you tell me <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Speaking of um, all the time Carrie was in the hospital and um, she had so much generosity shown to her and even just something small, like a, a small nail polish or mm -hmm. like, you know, when she was there, unfortunately, a lot of times during the holiday season, she'd wake up and there'd like be, you know, a present on the end of her bed from like the nurse or, you know, child life and so like that not only help the child who is ill, but it, it makes the entire family yeah. stronger and feel not alone. So I think yeah. so, the nicest thing about Headbands of Hope is that you don't feel like you're alone anymore. I appreciate that. Right, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It's a cute headband and, and who wouldn't love a cute headband, but it's the warmth that is- The gesture. And it's it's a feeling that you're giving your-, your yeah you're giving hope and you're giving comfort and you're giving joy and and you know that somebody's caring you know for you so, so you know, the nicest thing you could possibly do thank you um perry do you ever think you might start a company one day oh no i don't know why yeah <laughs> it works for her yeah uh, what a small world you guys are in long island i'll have to tell my mom <laughs> 